This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey there, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate Hanley, your host and the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. If anyone's ever told you to let something go, you may have thought about telling them where they can stick it. Or you may have thought, I wish I could, but I don't know how. Today's episode will help talk you through both of those reactions. It's part of a week of episodes here on How to Be a Better Person about letting go of all kinds of things, control, the need to be right, as well as some of my favorite practical exercises for making the act of letting go a little easier. So if this is a topic that interests you, check out the two episodes before and two episodes after this one in your feed. Today, I'm interviewing Nina Purewall. And just a little heads up, if you're listening with kids, we are definitely dropping some swear words, you know, nothing major, but uh, Nina is the author of the international bestseller, Let That Shit Go. She's also the founder of Pure Minds, which hosts corporate wellness workshops and the host of It's Okay to Ask, a podcast for kids on the difficult life questions they have. Nina, it is so great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm so honored to be here on talking about letting go. Yeah. So you've written a best-selling book and host numerous workshops about letting go. What's one of the most popular things people tell you they have a hard time letting go of? I would say one of the most popular things people have a hard time letting go of is just general stress and anxiety, especially since the pandemic. I feel like mental health has become more of a focus, but stress and anxiety around situations, around people is a big one, around work. But this just this constant feeling of you know stress bubbling up is a really tough one for people to let go of. Yeah. And is it because, I mean, I love that you mentioned the pandemic and how mental health is now like more important than ever. I can completely attest just in my conversations with people and even like, you know, you have kids, I have kids talking to teachers, everybody's like, oh, so tough for people out there. Why do you think stress in particular is hard for people to let go of? Well, I also think it's a natural part of life. So we're human and we are going to stress and it's okay to stress. And I have been practicing mindfulness for about 25 years and I still stress out. So mm -hmm. it's normal. And it's sometimes the body's response to be more alert, pay more attention to something. But when stress takes over, when we have very little control over the stress and the stress is controlling us, that's when it becomes troublesome. And I feel like since the pandemic, especially, there has been so much that has come to us that is out of our control. You know, we have to work from home. We can't go on vacations. Our kids are sometimes homeschooled. It's just been a world. I mean, life was stressful before the pandemic, mm -hmm. but after, you know, there's just been so much thrown 
at us internally, but also externally out in the world, right? The pandemic's happening, the fight for social justice, you know, everything politically. It's just been a really, really stressful time. And so I, I really don't blame anyone for stress having to take over, you know, in the last couple of years, it's very natural. But, you know, how do we work through solutions to kind of mitigate how often stress takes over? Right. Sometimes the idea of letting something go really makes us bristle. Like, this thing I'm upset about is really important. Don't tell me I shouldn't care about it. You know, like some of the things you were mentioning around the pandemic and politically and social justice could be like that, but it could also be just, you know, something at work. What's your response to a person who is feeling sort of possessive of what they're upset about? Yeah, I mean, we all have the right to be upset about something and letting go I always say it's a fun and sexy book title, but it's not an easy thing to do, right? To let go of these big things in life. I've experienced a lot of loss in my immediate family. And, you know, sometimes when it comes to letting go, it's important to feel the emotions as well, right? You, there's a, a quote by Jay-Z. He says, you need to feel it to heal it. Mm-hmm. So I still want to reiterate, you know, it's not like we can just put in a let that let that go bucket and then never think about it again. Of course, we're going to feel the pain. We're going to feel the hurt. We're going to feel the anger. And that is critical and important. But I also think when we stew too much about it and about something that's out of our control, right? Like the family members I lost, there's nothing I can do in this world, you know, that will bring them back. So at some point, you know, even years later or decades later, if it takes time, that's okay too. But I got to a point where, you know, I approached it as, okay, there's nothing I can do. What can I control? What can I focus on? And it was, you know, how I react differently, what I want to do with my life now, how that transformed me. So when it comes to letting go, it's important to feel and that's okay. You shouldn't have to put it in a bucket and say, okay, I'm not going to ever think about it again. It doesn't work that way. But it's also about awareness of how much it's taking over and working through the thoughts that are not, not helping you. You get to a point where, you know, there, there's more hindrance than help when you continue to think and think and think and think about a situation. So it's kind of deciphering what part of it is okay to feel and work through and what part of it is time to just let go. Yeah. In your book, you took you talk, you need to let that shit out before you let that shit go. And that sounds like what you're talking about now. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, I don't know if we can get into how or not. Maybe we can. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. A lot of the times we don't even realize what we're holding on to. So we think on average 60,000 thoughts a day, and that translates to 35 to 42 thoughts a minute. So our minds are constantly going. And a lot of the times with these big things, we don't even realize that we're holding on to them. And so when I say you need to let that shit out before you let that shit go, you need to first bring awareness to what it is that you need to let go and then work through that. And then once you work through it, whether it be, you know, therapy or help in a certain way, talking through it, journaling, feeling the emotions, whatever works for you, then you can let it go. Um, Because again, a lot of us are just running on autopilot, again, especially since the pandemic, not even being aware of what it is that we need to let go of. So first it's awareness and then it's, you know, working through it and then we can actually let it go. So that's where that quote comes from. (laughs) I love it. Nina, I've got a few more questions for you, but I've got to take a quick break first. Sounds good. (laughs) Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. So Nina, one of the things to let go of that helps with all other things is negative self-talk. How can we start to check that habit? That's a great question, Kate. And actually, a study that came out recently said that 80% of our thoughts are negative or self-deprecating. Ouch. Yeah, isn't that a crazy number? (laughs) Um, So it's not our fault. Again, I I won't get into a lot of detail on this, but a lot of it just started in childhood from patterns that we picked up. And so the way to work through that, and again, it's, it's similar to what I said in the last, last answer, is awareness. What are the negative thoughts we are saying? And we can decipher this by, you know, what's the first thing we say when we look in the mirror? What's the first thing we say to ourselves when we take on a big project at work or, you know, when we, we're stressed and we yell at our kids, you know, how are we talking to ourselves? And a lot of the times, again, we don't realize all the things that we are saying to ourselves. So when I do my workshops, I actually have people write out a list or what are the nasty things you say to yourself? You know, things like I'm not good enough for this, or I can't do this, or, you know, something about your physical appearance. And then once you become aware that you're actually thinking this thought, you might actually be shocked at how much you say this to your, oh, I'm an idiot. You know, you say Mm -hmm. these things to yourself Mm -hmm. and then you take each thought and you pretend you're in a court of law and you build a defense case as to why that's not true. So let's say your thought is, you know, I suck at my job. Well, maybe you just got promoted or maybe you got hired out of, you know, 20 people. Maybe you just got kudos for a project that you worked on and you start to, you know, shift the thinking and then you become with a, come up with a replacement thought. So actually I'm pretty good at my job. And the other thing I have people do is take this list of negative thoughts you wrote down about yourself and show it to someone who unconditionally loves you. And guaranteed, they will look at the list and say, this is not how I see you at all, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. we are much harder on ourselves than how the world sees us often. So again, it's, it's creating awareness of what the thoughts we think are, the negative thoughts or self-deprecating thoughts. And then it's you know building a case as to why they might not be true. And then coming up with a replacement thought. This is this is all about neuroplasticity, really rewiring the way the brain works. And when we start to kind of mitigate that negative thought with, you know, the replacement thought, it, it will take time because we're so used to thinking, you know, that the negative thought. So it will take time. You know, we start to have a, a different self-perception. We start to feel better of our, about ourselves. We start to become a better version of ourselves and we just start to show up differently. So it's so important to, again, be aware of the nasty things we say to ourselves. Awesome. To some people, the idea of letting go means slacking off, you know, or really just not caring about doing a good job. What's your advice for those folks? Yeah, it's interesting because you will notice that once you start letting go of things, um, and again, for me, I come at it from a mindfulness 
place. So for me, it's all mental. It's all the things we're holding on to, you know, up in that noggin of ours. And once you start to let go of the things that don't serve you, of the thoughts that don't serve you, you'll realize how much more efficient you become because you're not, you know, sitting in all of these thoughts. I had, um, you know, I spent a year in a, in an ashram or a monastery. Uh, I left my corporate job and I went, I took a year sabbatical and I, I lived in a, in an ashram for a year. And one of the monks I studied under said to me, anytime you think a thought about something you can't control, it's a dead thought. It's, mm. it's not driving you forward or, or driving your efficiency in any way. It's actually draining your energy. And so my thought to that is, you know, when you actually start to let go of, you know, the thoughts that don't serve you, it's incredible what you, you know, the, the mental space now you have to be more efficient, to be more productive. And so, you know, that, that's what I would say. I mean, it's not, it's not letting go because we don't want to do something. It Mm -hmm. actually is letting go of the mental so we can do more. Got it. So this is related to that. And it's something that I personally really struggle with. And that is letting go of the need to feel productive. If not all of the time, then most of the time. So do you have any Mm -hmm. insights for me and those folks who share that particular feeling? I do. And I would say my, you know, my one takeaway is relaxing is productive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Many people don't feel uh, this way because, you know, we live in this society where it's like, go, 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 go. And if we take a minute to rest, we're seen as lazy, we're seen as unproductive. And, um, you know, for those of you who who practice yoga or meditation, you might have heard this about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. Well, the sympathetic nervous system is activated, you know, back in the day when we were cave people, the sympathetic nervous system was activated when our lives were threatened, when we were being chased by a saber-toothed tiger or a snake, and we had to suddenly, you know, fight them off. We would become a superhuman version of ourselves. So our muscles would tense, our heart would race, our blood would actually move away from our skin in case we got scratched. All these amazing things happen when our sympathetic nervous system activates. The problem is in today's world, it's being activated all the time from, from work stress, from, you know, externalities, from, you know, home stress, stress with a partner or certain people. So we're constantly in this state of feeling anxious and feeling nervous. And, you know, our sympathetic nervous system is, is constantly activated. So what we need to do is we need to activate our parasympathetic nervous system because we can't be productive. We can't be efficient. We can't be focused. We can't access the most creative parts of our brain when our sympathetic nervous system is, is in fight or flight mode, right? So what we need to do is activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And we do this by relaxing, by going for a nature hike, by doing what we love. Maybe it's strumming the guitar, or playing the piano, or you know, doing some exercising or, you know, watching Netflix. I tell all of my corporate clients, I'm like, go home and watch Netflix every night for an hour because that activates your parasympathetic nervous system and that relaxes you. And then I say, then don't check your email after that. Go to bed. Um, (laughs) That's the hard part. Right. That's the trick. Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning and you're just so much more relaxed. And so, you know, when we're sometimes when we're not, when we're being overproductive and we're multitasking and we're actually not being productive. We're we're letting our thoughts take over. We're doing a little bit here and there, here and there, here and there, and we're not being efficient. Um, so when we activate the parasympathetic nervous system, it's really empowering because suddenly we're calm and we go into the day, next day, calm as well. And, you know, it's incredible what happens to your productivity 
when you take a time out and you allow yourself to, to, to just breathe and, and, you know, take things in and it's incredible how efficient you can work after that. Nice. So it sounds like it's kind of a reframe. So I'm not like, I'm not, not being productive. <laughs> I'm exactly. uh, recuperating. I'm restoring. I'm getting yeah. ready to be productive when I do decide to get things done. Right. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll make more out of the hours that you have mm-hmm. because we're overproductive or, you know, uh, multitasking. We're not, we're not being efficient. Our output is not as strong as when we're clear and we've got a, you know, good headspace and, you know, we're calm. It's completely different. So relaxing is productive. And, you know, the pace that we're going at, it, it's mm-hmm. too much. Like our bodies handle it. Our minds can't handle it. People are just frazzled. And that's why, you know, again, we're all on autopilot. Just go, 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 go. And that's not productive. That's counterproductive. <laughs> Okay, Nina, uh, for folks who are loving what you're saying, where can they get more and connect with you? So you can check more out on my website, ninapurewall.com. I pick my poison with social media. So I'm on LinkedIn at Nina Purewall and also on uh, Instagram, nina.pure.minds is my handle. But you can find out everything about my corporate workshops, the kids podcast, my book on ninapurewall.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. This is Kate back with your tiny assignment, except I don't really have a tiny assignment today. I just wanted to come back on and remind you to come back tomorrow when I'm sharing three easy exercises to help you let go energetically. Because sometimes you can think all the things that help you let go of something. You can do all the things that you know how to do to help you let go of something, and it's still clinging to you. So I've got three cool little practices you can do to really release yourself. I hope you'll come back. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley. Don't forget the W. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 